You said what we want is predictability, right? Well, this is what people really want, but you can't have it by wanting it. You can have it by learning. But is it worthwhile to try to seek a high degree of predictability from, from many people? The only way you have problems, you want predictability. If you fall in love 400 times and the girls disappoint you, the girls didn't disappoint you. It's your own projections that disappointed you. You didn't know what they do under certain circumstances. So expectations and projections are really the same thing? Yes, expectations and projections. Unless your expectations are based on technology. When you mix certain chemicals together, you're going to get a foam. You know what I mean? That's not projection. That's experience. If you, most animals, they will project sometimes, animals. But most animals depend, if you don't run after the other animal and kill it or hold its throat until they die, they're easier to eat. They move around while you're eating them alive. It seems that jackals don't learn that. They eat the animal just while he's still alive. But some animals kill the animal first. It's not that they don't want him to suffer. They find it easier. And some animals tear the fur away, or feathers, before they start biting. Because the feathers interfere with the taste. And no animal says, maybe that poor pigeon I ate has a family to go back to. They don't think that way. They look at it as a... I knew a guy who was a cook. And we were out on the farm, and there's a big pig going by. He says, that pig would make a good meal for about 50 people. Put an apple in his mouth and roast it over a spit, rotate it. And he saw that pig as food only. Only. He was a chef. Do you understand? So people buy a chicken, they squeeze it and all that, as food. But if we thought of vegetables suffering while you cook them, it'd be hard to cook certain vegetables. That's why reading Bose, you know, I found that living things live on living things. They consume them. You wouldn't be alive if you didn't. And if you fast, you digest your own body. You digest the fat and everything else, all the reserve, and you get thinner and thinner because you're consuming yourself. Do you understand me? So we live on living substance, whether it be plants. But I understand the American Indians, when they were starving, there were times there were droughts and there were very few animals around, or the tribe was too big, they ate clay, are you familiar with that? To fill the gut so they wouldn't feel the pain of hunger. Isn't that they, that they like clay? They found ways of doing away with the pains of hunger. Other people would say, oh, that's disgusting. You know, but that depends on your values. A respectable person is one that acts in accordance with the dominant values. So I can't respect anybody. They act in accordance 
with a diamond value. He's our king, he is. You know, that's a diamond value. I don't respect a king. And But in the old days, a man was appointed a king because he fought in a battle and he killed a lot of the enemy. So he was the king. But the king's son did nothing, but he inherits the kingdom. He's called a prince. And in my school books, the prince was always the hero, and nations with kings and queens were respected. The queen said this, or the king said that. All my school books upheld old cultures. Did your school do that? Did you have the sacred prince? Did you have the story of the prince on a white horse and the, the alligator in the crevice? The alligator was caught in a crevice down on the ground and the prince got off his horse and pulled the alligator out and the alligator said, I am the princess. I have been cursed by the witch. If you burn the witch or push her into a volcano, I come out of this alligator barn and I become the princess. That's why school books were like that. I don't know if yours were. So the guy went and he killed the old witch or pushed her in a volcano and the alligator turned into a princess. You think you didn't have that in your school book? I had so much of that shit, it was painful to go to school. And I looked at princes and as people that ran the community with a fucked up value system. Other things poisoned me, whatever I've been exposed to. I didn't, wasn't bright or anything. I was exposed to enough bits to, to see the falseness of that. In my neighborhood, there were so many different belief systems that my parents used to say, that's a good belief system, that's a bad belief system. And the people that I got to know that were in the bad belief system were good, good people. So I saw good and bad in all people. In the old days, that's the language we use, good and bad, or right and wrong. But the real world was contradictory to what my parents taught me. So did I lose respect for my parents? My concept of respect changed. But I never told my parents that your belief systems are limited, because that wouldn't work. you get a spanking. You asked me once before that, what is a mechanistic point of view? A mechanistic point of view to me, I'm only describing my values. I don't know what it means to other people. It might mean disregard for free will, mechanistic. But mechanistic to me means that plants can't grow unless there's sunlight, nutrients, soil, and temperature that the plant can grow under. That human behavior is governed by the environment the human is raised in. And if they don't conform, they're asked to leave that environment or they're killed. Mechanistic means there's a reason why trees grow, plants grow. There's a reason by why nations fight war. There's a reason why a guy breaks into your home and steals your television set. Not a reason, but many factors that produce that behavior. I do not believe it's the will of a person to steal from you. 
I believe that they, they cannot either have access to what you've got with ease. It takes a lot of pain. Pain means work. For three weeks, or working for ten weeks, to buy a small television set or radio. If they see one on a shelf and it's near the window, it's easy to open a window and take your television set. Or go through the pain of three weeks and buying a chicken shit television set. Do you know what I mean? So their values are different than yours. And if your values are, well, I'll never take anything that doesn't belong to me. If you do, you wind up in jail. Sooner or later, if you keep practicing that, and that's much more painful than if you can think a little ahead, if you, if you do things like that. But if you have enough conscience, meaning brought up with a conscience, if you take just a little bit of stuff from a grocery store, if you ever get caught, it goes on your record and it interferes with your life in the future. So it's inefficient to steal food from a food market because sooner or later, if you get away with two or three things, you'll, you'll be more apt to steal. So if you stay away from that behavior, you're more apt. I don't look at a criminal as bad. I look at him as a person that's dealing with his problems with insufficient tools. Do you understand that? So a mechanist just means that a tape recorder will not play unless there's a battery in it. There's something that makes it turn, that an automobile without sensors on it can hit another car. That's what I mean by mechanistic. By mechanistic, I mean if you don't like the world, what do you recommend to change it? And if it doesn't work, what do you do about it? Mechanistic means that all things are connected in some way, that things do not occur without being shoved. Like there were people always looking for the prime shover, so they made God. He's the guy that shoves everything. What shoves God? That became difficult for me. Like, you turn the juice on, the electric generator goes on. But it won't go on unless there's a waterfall that turns the turbine. That's what I mean by mechanistic. So a person, be, person behaves with socially offensive behavior. I believe there are reasons for it. Either a damaged value system, brought up in a community that's predatory. I can't conceive of behavior just being generated without any causation. Do you understand that? So when I say, person says to me, are you a mechanist? I say, let me tell you what I mean by mechanism so it doesn't coincide with what they mean by it. So you always have to say what you mean by mechanistic. I can't picture this table moving from this position to another position unless it's an earthquake or people moved it. I can't say the table wanted to go over there. I can't do that. Or it's the will of Allah. But there could be there was a house in New York City where things used to fall off the shelf. No matter how far the person put the books, things would fall off the shelf. So they said there's poltergeist, you know what that is? Evil people that died, that come back and do nothing but mischief. Because they were mischievous people. 
And later they found out, this was true by the way, that there was a stream of water under that house about 20 feet down, a natural stream, with abrupt changes in the flow. It bubbled and he used to shake the house with a certain frequency, made those things fall off the shelf. But a person could grow up and say there are many things we don't understand, therefore there are many mysteries. Just say there's a lot of things we don't understand. I don't know why the books fell off the shelf, but they don't even know how to go about finding out how the books fall off the shelf. You know what sympathetic resonance means? Sometimes if you shake a table with water at different levels in the glass, or if you pour water at different, and hit the glass, you get a different sound. You can make a musical instrument that way. But the glass doesn't make a different sound. It's the water level in the glass. But very few people look for causation, the phenomena that makes a thing happen. Now, if a bird pushes its own young out of the nest, a bird lover says, that's a terrible thing to do with your young baby birds, and she may turn against that robin that did that. But the robin does what it does due to its own bodily chemistry. It's not a bad bird. Robins fly in the windows that reflect another robin. Are you familiar with that? And they die. They kill them, suicide. But they don't commit suicide. They see another male robin. And they, that's a reaction to a male. Most bulls during the mating season will fight other bulls. That's a reaction they have. Is it good? Is it bad? There's enough sex to go around. But the bull doesn't react to it. has a chemotropism, chemical behavior. So again, I repeat, by mechanistic I mean that a telephone pole cannot fall over. It can if it's leaning due to the wind, and then it rains and the soil gets loose, and the center of gravity causes it to go all the way. But I can't see the pole with will to fall over. I can't see human behavior as being generated by personality. Uh, bodily chemical changes can cause you to become a serial killer of the brain, certain areas of the brain rot away, you know. Well, they use terms like the, you can't see the difference between right and wrong. There's no right or wrong, there's just human behavior. Whatever the person does is in balance with where they're coming from. If the Sioux Indians killed the Seminoles, because the Seminoles once killed a lot of Sioux, you know what I mean? Are they bad? No. That's normal to their background. Can you understand that? But if you say, these are the laws of wisdom, the seven laws of wisdom, I can't buy that. And if you say, I experience this, you try it, see if you get the same reaction. And if you do, You've got to take care of the situation. So, those people that project mechanistic viewpoint as, uh, as inappropriate, they have to point out the shortcomings of it. What's wrong with it? What's 
wrong with a mechanistic viewpoint. I find that if it doesn't rain for a long enough period, all the plants die. And if it gets cold in the tropics and it's sustained for some period, some plants will die. That's what I mean by mechanistic. Now, I don't know what other people mean. So when I meet a mechanist, I say, you mean there's no causality? You know, I don't know what he means by me. I always say, what do you mean by that? I believe in social planning by the rich. You know, that's not social planning. That's dictatorship. Yes. You don't use, you don't use the word determinist. That's a, another connotation. A determinist in this culture, is also yeah? a mechanist okay. in the old days. But I don't know what it means to people today, so I'll ask them. You're just a determinist. Yeah. Well, in philosophy, there's all different kinds of determinism. You know? What's that? In philosophy, there's all kinds. And, and, yes, you know, all kinds of views. Some are verifiable, some are not. But they don't know the difference. So if a guy takes a course in philosophy, he's given what other people believed in the past. Uh, Schopenhauer, different people, they got all kinds of mixed up views. They try to put it together. Now, the philosophy major really hurts himself unless he studies customs of different cultures and the reason for it, the mechanisms that help shape those things. But don't you think some of, them, some of the philosophers were pretty good, like maybe uh, Heidegger and Nietzsche and those kind of guys? Some things. Some good parts. Knowing the difference is very difficult. Okay. Knowing what to extract from what, what he calls a good book. You call it a good book because what you extracted from it was good for you. What he extracts from the same book will be different. What she extracts will be different depending on her background. We do not read the same books and come off with the same identical conclusions. Similar conclusions, yes, but not identical. People argue about books. They say, this was a great book, but I thought it was terrible. It's like a movie. So, these are some of the tools that are needed out there. No one can ever get the right tools. They can get better tools than they had, but you never get the final tool. You know what I mean? Because it's an ongoing process. It becomes more refined, with more information, it becomes modified a little. Can the human brain compete with a computer? That is not the question. How many bits can a computer handle? If it's 40 million a second, then the question is the brain can't handle that. It's not a question of can the human brain do better than the computer. What can the computer do? It can react to heat, cold temperatures that humans are not even aware of. There are very subtle differences in temperature all over this table. Machines can sense that. We can't. So are machines better than humans? In what area? And how many areas? Do you know what I'm talking about? If a person says, uh, I think human vision is great, a guy with a telescope says, I can see the craters on the moon, but with my eyes and the telescope, you can't. 
So is a telescope better for distant vision? Yes. And if you made a super telescope with radar, sonar, and optical, all of those things, it's far better than the human in bringing back more detail. But you can't ask the question, is science and technology better than other systems? <clears throat> what area? Dietary problems? What are you talking about? person usually doesn't have a backup for those statements. They say, machines can't be better than the designer. The guy that designed the microscope cannot see bacteria. The microscope uh, and will enable him to see bacteria. You know what I mean? So the microscope is a better device for examining bacteria than the eye. That's shades of gray. That's real semantics. You know, because all of that has meaning and has a reference. With a microscope, I can see bacteria. With an electron microscope, I can see atoms. But without it, I, there's no existence. Or I can see things we call atoms. You know what I mean? We don't know whether we're seeing atoms. Maybe an atom itself has other crevices in it, which we're not able to identify yet. So, when a person says, is there a solid way of looking at the Earth? Remember, copper wire conducts electricity, so it's a hole to electricity. Where the air, electricity has difficult going through, unless it's very damp or salty. So. Uh, there's a thing called a muon, and there are other things that can go right through the earth, as though the earth did not exist. And the solidity of the earth is not solid to that thing. So when a person says, I believe the world is absolute, the solids, liquids, and gases. Well, there are certain things that can go through that, like they're not solid. X-rays go right through you and photograph you. So to an x-ray, you're semi-transparent. But when you say, what is the world really like? That's a stupid question. Depends on what you're talking about. But there are gamma rays that make x-rays look weak. They go right through anything, rocks or anything. And so neutrinos, they believe, they went down into a mine. It's one mile deep and they measure neutrinos coming down. So it goes right through the earth, just like it wasn't there. So what's a solid? What's a liquid? It depends on our receptors. But if you try to find out what the earth is absolutely really like, so-called the truth, that's a stupid word, because it assumes that there's finality in things. Some things are solid, some are liquid, some are gas. Liquid can become a gas if you heat it. And a solid can become a liquid if you melt it. But if you took describe at a certain temperatures, mercury as a solid. If you freeze it, mercury doesn't move. Mercury becomes a block of metal if you freeze it. But if you put it in normal atmosphere, it's a liquid. So they even call glass a liquid. The reason if you make a glass roof and put it at an angle, if you come back 
15 years later and measure it, the glass is thicker at this end than that end. It flows. Copper, if you make a roof out of copper and measure it 200 years later, it's thicker at the end than where what you had. So it flows. So definition of a liquid, something that flows. Well, does it say something that flows within 10 minutes, 40 years? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's very hard to describe matter. So to neutrinos, this table doesn't exist. Right through it. If people lived in a neutrino world, their visions and concepts and laws would be very different than ours. So when you talk, if you lock your frame, say to me, if I fall on this glass, I'm going to get cut. That's true for you. So you try to find out the things that affect you. There are things, if you, you don't even know there are gamma rays here, but if you sit in a room with x-rays, they could be killing you and you can't feel it, except later. You know, you get cancer or so. So whatever you call solids, liquids and gases, as long as you lock your frame, you know what that means, lock your frame? Say, right now I can float on water. You say, what is water really like? Well, that's a stupid question. Under what conditions? At absolute zero or near absolute zero, you can walk on water, it's solid. You can ice skate on it. So if you lived in a world that was frozen, all your objects, mercury is a solid, water is a solid, there are no flows. Do you know what I mean? So people from a different world or a different sense, different type of senses, will describe the world as their senses interpret. So if you're looking for the right answers, you can only look for the right answers for you in your environment, then you can look for the right answer. But right, wrong, good and bad interferes with scientific attitude. It interferes with knowledge. Knowledge is cumulative and relative. It is an absolute. Nothing is absolute. Even when scientists say this is what makes the earth turn. As far as we know, this is part of what makes the earth turn. You know what I mean? It's, it's a very different world. It takes your world away from you and people will fight it because they lose their identity. Your identity is, I believe in God, I believe in miracles. If that's what you, that's what you are and I try to take all that away from you, I'll leave you without identity. Your language is insufficient. It was designed hundreds of years ago. You say, well, what the hell? Who am I? They think there's somebody that's fixed. There's somebody that undergoes modification. But if you raise people in a society with a fixed point of view and they don't undergo modification with the passing of time, can man make a horseless carriage? Something that moves without horses? Of course not. Well, then you limit the development of that society. But if you bring up people to think whatever they want to think, you can't control them. So you try to condition them to a set of values that you know, or you think you know. Otherwise you lose people if they all grew up to their own value system. Do you know what I mean? That's why all nations try to condition their people to be loyal to that nation. 
the king is there to rule over you, you must respect the king and the queen. Well, in America, it's God bless America, not God bless everybody. I would imagine a minister might say, God bless everybody. I don't know that for sure, do you? Or do ministers, God bless Italy, if you're in Italy? God bless their own religious followers. Yes. God bless their own congregation. Yes. So, uh, I have difficulty identifying with the present day world. I can identify more with a mechanistic point of view and using the methods of science, but not the search for truth. Just saying, this is what we know up to now. I find that better than saying, I found the truth. The truth is everything, which I can't say I found the truth. I can only say I found a better way of looking at this situation. Sometimes you get people say that there's not enough uh, feeling and emotion in, in what Jock says or something, you know. That's true. There's, there's, there isn't. But if you are emotionally attached to something, it means you're subjective. There are people that nail a piece of wood together and then they kiss it before that. They don't kiss it. Till you nail it so it looks like a cross, then you kiss it. You know what I mean? So what was the day before it was a cross? Two pieces of wood or some copper that wasn't cast in the form of a cross. And the cross is a crucifix, which was long before people wore it, it was to crucify people. So it's just symbolic, depending on what culture you come from. I, that's why I can't accept anything except the sciences, the shape of an airplane wing is designed for a certain lift, the shape of the plane is designed for certain conditions. When I say you can't exceed your environment, that means you can't exceed what you've been exposed to. You can't if somebody gave you a brand new microscope and you said the objective lenses are insufficient. If you're a cannibal, do you know what I mean? If you give a cannibal a watch, he doesn't look at it and say, the gears are not precise, they're one thousand, ten thousand of an inch off. He can't say that. That's what I mean by a person can't exceed their environment. If you got in an airplane, if you're able to, you know, 2,000 years from now, a guy might look at our plane and say, I'll never get into that crate. Our airplanes would come, come through as a crate or something else. But certainly, if you're born 2,000 years from now, you couldn't have the same values and survive. The nation that can't exceed its own environment will be surpassed. Do you know what that means? Another country will surpass us. If China can't get past where they're at, if they stop and just take in manufacturing and don't go into automation and modification, they will remain. There are many nations out there that are so primitive, <clears throat> they do things the way they did a thousand years ago. <clears throat> and that's up the Amazon River. The natives build rafts the same way they did a thousand years ago. No change. They bond, bundle reed together. 
tired altogether, because that's all they ever see, and they never leave the area. So, if you say they're stupid, no, they're not. They live in a fixed environment where things are fairly uniform and not enough change. They don't have visitors from other tribes that bring them other things. If they, they otherwise, they might be brought up to hate other tribes or they might be brought up to trade. The nations that trade undergo change because they meet people that are different and they get things that are different. No nation all developed a vase. If a nation developed a vase and your nation didn't and they show you how they carry water or orange juice around and you don't have any means of doing it except this way. So you undergo change. The more nations that meet and share ideas, not just meet, if they share ideas, they undergo modification. But if my people undergo too much modification, I can't control them. So I put a fence around my country and keep out foreign ideologies. Or if the books come into my country that change people so I can't control them, I forbid pornography or whatever it is, I forgive. I forbid that. Am I right? Am I wrong? All nations wish to survive. They can't if people read different kinds of books, different kinds of characters, different kinds of social systems. You can't control your people that way. So you say, well, I believe in democracy. Nobody believes in democracy. They believe in what they've been conditioned to believe in. They can't believe in democracy, otherwise they go here, communists and socialists and free love and all. They say, I don't, I don't know enough about to make up my mind which is right. They'd speak like that. I don't know enough about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm upsetting the apple cart so that there are no values except the values that preserve nature, man, and his relationship to his fellow man and nature. This is the only laws I know of. Well, if we don't take care of the forest, we let them burn and die, we will suffer. If we pollute the oceans, we will suffer. Those are the things I accept. I don't know any other system. Will they do that in the future? I think they'll control things in the future. Weather, hurricanes, earthquakes, everything. Man will learn to control things in his behalf not the other organisms that he keeps alive would be supportive to that culture. Do you understand that? That's why it would be very difficult to deal with people that came from another planet with a different gravitational field, different lighting systems. If they develop, they don't have to look like us. Whatever they develop, they'd be reflecting their culture. So a guy says, I'd like to share ideas with you. Well, only if they lived here and they were had all kinds of methods of evaluation. But they wouldn't want to associate with us. Because we're too limited if they've been around longer. So I can't say that Fresco tells the truth. I can only say that Fresco's world is based upon survey related to man and his relationship to the environment. 
That's what I mean by mechanistic. Because uh, I asked once a writer of a scientific book, do you think man is a machine? That's the old mechanistic point of view, that man is a machine. He didn't say, what do you mean by machine? There was no semantics at the time, you know, to know what the man is talking about. By machine, I mean that the eyes cannot move to that position unless there's a muscle that pulls it there, unless there's a mechanism in the brain that, or a bright light causes the eye to look at it. So I want to make little dolls. There's a little magnets in there that you don't see. If I hold the magnet there, the eyes will focus on it if I move it, but not really. Normal people will think, gee, the, guy, the, the, the machine is looking at wherever you hold that. I can simulate that. You can make a machine to have facial expressions in sympathy. You say, I bought a new car and I lost it, I forgot to put the brakes on, went off. The machine will, the eyebrows will change. I say, my God, I'm so sorry to hear that, but it won't feel anything. It'll react as though it felt something. A machine can't feel bad or good about you. It can only react to the way its circuits are built. Do you understand that? That's why a machine will never say, I'm going to take over, because it doesn't have ambition. It doesn't say, your wife is prettier than mine, or that machine looks nicer than the other machine. It has no such reaction nor can it be given that. No matter how you circuit a machine, it can say that that machine is rusting and it's going to disintegrate and it can even cry, but it won't feel anything. It's like a movie of, of an actor doing and you know that he's, he didn't lose his wife and he didn't get shot, although he got shot in the movie. The movie can't feel. He can simulate. And that's why a person says, he's a good actor, meaning he can get you to cry or she can get you to cry. So they're good actors. And sometimes people use that in marrying a rich man. A girl might say, you're so wonderful, I love you, and the rich man feels flattered and he marries her. Then she spends all, a lot of money on a lot of things. That's simulating love. Do you know what I mean? A prostitute that says you're a lousy lay after the day is over, you won't come back. She says, I really enjoyed that sexually. You know? After all, there are people that simulate good and bad and right and wrong. Knowing the difference is difficult if they're good at it. A salesman who sells you something simulates being your friend, let me advise you that the Ford car is better built than any car today. Believe me, I'm doing you a favor. Is he a car salesman or a fireman? You know, what is he? And does, if he's a salesman and a churchgoer and believes in God, they'll say, I say a Chevy is best if you live in rough terrain, or a Jeep would be better than a Chevy. You know what I mean? That's an honest guy, says that's what I know about cars. But a person can't work for General Motors and say, get yourself an Italian car. I bought a Tatra, which was a Czech 
Czechoslovakian car. You know the Tatra? I bought it and the mechanic said, I'm not going to work on your car, it's from a communist country. Because he said that to me. I said, is it a communist shit or a Greek shit or a Greek pain or a communist pain? There's no such thing as communist science or Czechoslovakian science. There's only science. And they call people scientists that are general, that are not generalists, that are in one field. He's an optical scientist. He knows how to grind lenses, but he's not a scientist. To me, a scientist one who's interested in everything, has loyalty to methodology. That means if a Greek comes up with a cure for cancer, you honor him. If a Japanese guy comes up with a cure for cancer, you honor him. You honor any human being worthy of honor, but you don't honor only your own kind. He was an American. That's what I like about it. Patriotism pulls a shield up in front of us so we can't see things as they are. We can't even hear the differences of nations. We get mad at them if they don't uphold American values or our concepts of freedom and democracy. We get mad at people and that's what they want you to do. They want you to have loyalty to what they teach. But if you have loyalty to methodology, you get rid of a fountain pen if it leaks and you buy a ballpoint pen. Because no matter where it was invented, if it works better than the other pen, you use it. If Filipinos come up with a new type of eyeglass that gives you better vision, you use it. You honor them. But you don't, gee, I hope a Greek did it because I'm Greek. Then you blind yourself. Do you understand? I don't like traditional Jews or traditional Catholics or traditional Americans. You understand? Or any traditional group. But not because they're Filipinos, because of their values and the values they pick up. So if you discriminate, uh, I don't want to live next door to a Klansman because he lets go out and beat up a Jew or a nigger or a Filipino or any damn foreigner. I don't find that fulfilling. I find that to be limited viewpoint. Racial prejudice is like patriotism toward a certain race. I'm a Greek and I'm proud of it. Once you do that, you damage a person. Say, I'm a Greek and I like certain Greeks and certain Filipinos and certain blacks and certain Italians. If you meet Italian gangsters, you say Italians are gangsters, that's when you're projecting one set of values into all Italians. If you don't understand what I'm saying, you have to read more on different cultures and different times. You'll get to understand that the Romans behave like Romans because they brought up in the Roman environment. And the Seminoles behave like Seminoles because they brought up in a Seminole environment. No Indians ever said, no Seminole Indian ever said, I want a twin-engine beachcraft, unless they were sent to our schools. Like if you get too little of this information and you go out into the world, you get sucked into the worldly values. But if you get past a certain point, 
you'll never go back. I'm I, I usually write this, there are no roads to yesterday. Unless it's a history book. It isn't a road to yesterday. It's about yesterday. You know what I mean by there are no roads to yesterday? If you've grown out of yesterday. There are people that live in yesterday today. They won't buy an electric fan because it's unnatural. But they wear eyeglasses. And they wear clothing, which is unnatural. And shoes, which is unnatural. So there are too many contradictions. The average person is a bundle of contradictions. That's why they need guidance, psychiatry, psychology as guides. But the psychologists themselves don't know what shapes certain behavior. So they're always experimenting on people. It's they're doing the wrong thing. They should be studying the environment that makes them that way, not the people. By looking into the brain, you can't see a mathematician. You can't see visualized creativity. All you'll see is blood vessels running up, feeding certain nerves, but you can't see anything. By studying the brain, you can learn this region has to do with hearing. This region has to do with sympathy. You can do that by showing a person things and measuring the brain activity in different areas. This area is visual. This area is intellectual. You know, this area is temporal. But you can't tell whether it's good, bad, right or wrong. An animal with big eyes has a lot of associations in the back of the brain. They're visual. An animal that's sniffing all the time makes all its decisions based on smell. There's food in that area up north, you know, north. He turns around. An animal with movable ears has a temporal association in the region of hearing because they depend on sound. And some animals depend on sight. Like a chicken hawk has most of its brain associations in the back of the head, the occipital lobe. I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but a chicken hawk can see a dime on the top of the Empire State Building. He can identify a dime. Human being needs a three-foot object to identify. So when you say humans are more evolved than other animals, you're talking through your hat. You say not in vision. Do you know what I mean? A chicken hawk can see better, more detail than we can. Another animal can sense another animal by smell a mile away. No human can do that. So when you say the humans are evolved in certain areas, it's much better than say human beings exceed all other animals. Not true. Do you understand what I'm saying? A dog, for example, can smell cancer. Did you know that on people? So they use dogs now and the dog will stop. How they do that, they hold up a cancer first. The dog smells it. Then it'll stop at a region that has that smell. So a lot of medics are using dogs. Or they do this. How does a dog smell cancer? And they'll make a mechanism with particulate matter moving past a fan and then an electric field in there. And if it moves up to a certain level, 
It, it's how the dog smells cancer. You don't want dogs to smell cancer. You want to find out how dogs smell cancer. See, see some people also use dogs to find build people in an earthquake. They can smell people. We can't. There's debris all over the place, so we dig all over rather than making a sensor to smell human beings. That's what's needed, not dogs. So stating the problem is very difficult. They think that you dig here, you dig there, and you'll find a person. That's not stating the problem. That's stating the problem you have. But stating the problem is making a machine that sniffs and can smell people trapped in an earthquake. Anyway, that ought to give you some perspective of the world you live in.